Over every 
Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Oh, break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. Oh, your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Oh, burn like a fire. Jesus, we shout you.
Your kingdom come. 
It's overflowing this place. Fill our hearts with your love, your love surrounds us. You're the reason we came to encounter your love, your love surrounds us. You're the reason, you're the reason we came. We worship you, we exalt you. We magnify you, O oh Lord God. Yeshua, surround us with your presence, Lord. Thank you for the anointing in this place, Lord God. 
that destroys the yoke of bondage, Lord, but also anointing, Lord, that we might hear what your spirit is saying to this body. In Jesus' name, Lord. In Jesus' name. South Africa, you can be seated if you want to. I grew up in South Africa, but I grew up around the voice of God. I'll be honest with you, I grew up not knowing this is the voice of God. I thought everybody talked Jesus. I thought everybody loved Jesus. Everybody prophesied Jesus. Everybody prayed for the sick. But I found out as I traveled the nations with my father that there were reasons that God required my dad to go into different denominations or denominations, if you want to put it that way. Because he, he needed one man, one person to light a match in the hearts of someone that would catch in their spirit that I can do all things through Christ Jesus. I am a woman or a man of God. That God has a plan for my life. And God wants to work through me. And I remember growing up in the anointing. I look back now and now I can see how everything correlated. How everything came together. How no matter what the lay of the land looked like. One thing I knew about my dad, he never adapted to the lay of the land. The lay of the land could be some churches, oh, my church is so dead. Oh, my church is so dry. Oh, my church is this. So my church, well, do you not have a fire? Go light a fire. You know, you're going to sit there, go light a fire, go release something. And so I, I've got something in my spirit that's been stirring, so I'm going to sit down and, and, and go with it tonight because the worship is amazing. We could have gone into a whole psalm of sing tonight with that worship and never come back. And then we'd be like, beam me up now, Jesus, let's have a Star Trek moment. 
But something, something you know, when, when I go to minister places, I don't just go to preach. I want to impart. Because whenever a man or woman of God carries the anointing or carries the vision of God or is spirit-led or spirit-fed, there's something in them that they've tasted and seen and they want to just pour it into everybody else's life. You know? It's kind of reminded me about the woman whose husband had died and she went to the prophet and she said, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay for this? How am I, where's the money coming from? And the prophet said, well, what do you got? What do you got? And she said, well, I just got a little bit of oil. He said, well, go borrow from your neighbors. Go get the jars. Go get whatever you can. And just as you pour it out, it's going gonna, it's gonna to overflow. She didn't know that was what he was saying. But what happens is what you don't know you have out of your spirit, man, when you say, Jesus, I've got your anointing, something's going to overflow out of your spirit. And it's going to transfer to other people around you. And it's going to set people free. And it's going to catch people into a place of vision, into a place of understanding that the garment you wear may not be the same garment I'm wearing. But every one of us has an a, a assignment. We have an anointing. We have an under utterance that God wants to release through you. Be it in song, be it in intercession, be it in ministry of helps. Whatever it is, God has a plan and God will, will literally cause that thing to compound that other people's lives or the place you're in will be set free. And so one thing I found is, as I grew up, that and people ask me, how do you know the voice of God? Well, that's a hard question for me because it was so easy. It, what, there was no, how do you know the voice of God? It's a given. Daddy said, Jesus said, and that was it. And then God would start speaking to me. And it was like it was a done deal. I knew it was done. It was Jesus was doing it. And people said, well, what do you mean? How do you know? Well, I'm not your normal cup of tea. I'm the type of person. The Holy Spirit will speak to me. And I was telling them the other day, I was going to Europe. I was going to Ireland. And I was on a plane. And I was told there was nobody sitting next to me because I was going standby. And as I was sitting down, a nun came and sat next to me. And I remember the movie, um, I can only imagine what that day will be. Had just come out, Mercy, uh, I don't know who it is, and I think it's Mercy Me or somebody. And so I thought, well, I want to watch this. And the nun next to me started talking to me, and I thought, well, I need to talk to her. And then I thought, man, this woman needs to watch this movie. And so I put my earplugs, she didn't have an iPad or anything like that. She's a nun, you know, she didn't have all that. So I gave her my headphones, and we're watching on my iPad this movie. I can only imagine, it's phenomenal phenomenal and after it was done she was crying and I was crying because it was so moving and I said you know I'm a spirit-filled preacher and she said well I'm a charismatic nun <laughs> and by the time I was done I was in God's divine assignment because God was pouring to her she was pouring into me that woman when she was a baby Corrie Ten Boom would bounce her on her knee when she came out of the out of the out of the concentration camp she came to her family in Holland and that was where she met Corrie Tim Boom and she would bounce her knee. And then that woman knew Francis, author, uh, Francis McNutt. She knew uh, the priest, Father McNutt. And she said he would come to my house and have miracle services. You never know who you're going to be around. You never know. Every one of you has a distinct taste of look what the Lord has done. Every one of us has tasted and seen God in his goodness. Isn't that the truth? We've had an understanding. You wouldn't be here tonight on a Tuesday night unless you're not hungry for more, unless you're not thirsty for more. And what I have found, oh my goodness, my, my iPad's going dead. That's all I needed. But I have found that as I have traveled the world, that all I need is a miracle mindset. That's all I need. I need to have the mind, mind of Christ Jesus. 
As long as I got his mind and shut out all the voices around me. I've had voices from the day I stepped in the ministry, Sandra. From the day, oh, you shouldn't do that. Why do you only have two meetings in that area? Why don't you set up about 14 and then it'll take care of it financially and it'll do this and it'll do that. But that's not what God does for me. And it's not for those people to take care of me financially. It's about the Spirit of God. So what's amazing to me is I can rock up here like I just did this week to do two meetings and I'm doing five. I'm doing five. I'm walking out of getting my nails done because some of my nieces come get your nails done over here. My niece was in town and they live here and went to get my nails done. I walked out there and the Lord reminded me of a pastor I met three months ago, maybe four, in Pennsylvania who happened to be coming to a meeting. Our friend of mine named Tommy Zito had just come to hear him preach and he happened to be in Pennsylvania. And I remember the night that I went to that meeting. I was driving into Pennsylvania to preach in another church. And the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to go see this ministry. And I was like, I don't even know that ministry. I don't even know where they're at. And so then I told the pastor that I'm going to go to this church on Friday night because I wasn't preaching for her till Sunday. And she was like all over me. You mean you're going to go, you're going to go, you're going to go to that church? And I was like, oh, uh-oh. Something's definitely milky or muddy in the waters, you know. And so, yeah, I said, yeah, because the Holy Spirit said, I'm going there. So I went to that church, and I remember I walked in, and there was Tommy, this evangelist, who I've never met in my entire life, but he knew me. And he said, I can't believe you're here. And he has me come up and minister to the people. But when I first come in, I sat, on, I sat in a row, and when I was sitting there, the pastor of the church, I said, hi, how are you? And he just sort of walked to the back. You know, I'm fine, because he hadn't met me. He didn't know me. He didn't know who I was, and so he went to the back to go sit back there. What I didn't know was the person I was with. Uh, there was kind of an issue going on with these churches in that area. And I didn't know that. And the next thing I knew, the power of God hit the place. I got up and I just shared a little bit. The power of God hit the place. I didn't get an offering. It wasn't about that. But God opened the door for me to go back to that church. They've just called me to come back in in, in uh, March. They're expecting three to 400 people on a Friday night to do a healing service. And then God opened the door for me here this weekend. I walked out of that nail place. And that Pastor Bernie, who's got the Spanish church here in Houston, he says, the Lord says to me, you're going to go preach for Pastor Bernie. I said, well, when he calls me, I'll go, God. You have him call me now. Five minutes later, are you in Houston? Are you here? I said, I'm here. Can you come preach for me Sunday? I'll be there. Isn't that how God works? A lot of people don't love like this. because See, I serve a supercalifragilisticexpialidocious guy. My God's a God of the Sudleys. You know, you know that song, my boy lollipop, do 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 do, you make my heart go giddy up. That's me and Jesus. We, we love that world. We love that world. But you know, if I adapted to the way the church is right now, if I adapted to the lay of the land or the politics and everything else, I'd be like an ostrich with my head in a hole going, God, have you forsaken us? What's going on? Have you forsaken America? And I'm telling you something, what's going to happen? Because I'm excited because I've been here all week and the Holy Spirit brought me here. You better know the season that God has brought you into the place you're at. And there's several ways I want to go. And I, if this goes dead, I'm going to have to get my iPad and my, my, my phone. And I can read it off my, my phone because I got, it, I got it there. So there, devil, I got two places to go. You can't have it. And so, but, but what you got to realize is the anointing that God has for you is not an anointing of oppression. Say, I am not oppressed. I'm not possessed. I've been set free through the blood of the Lamb. The cornerstone, which is Jesus, and the capstone means the head. He is standing over you, and he is standing with you. 
And he has not left you. He is girding you up. He is girding your spirit man. And he's girding your loins. He's girding your mind. But you've got yourself, get yourself, yourself in that place of utterance. You've got to get yourself in that place. How do you hear from God? You surrender. And what happened was, and I wanted to go here because I've been preaching a lot on this. I can't get off of it, so we'll go there. But Gideon, in Judges, you read about Gideon. Gideon was in a place where it was hell. If you think it's bad here, Gideon was where the Spirit of the Lord, God himself, had sent the children of Israel into captivity under the Midianites because of their sin. And I've been crying out, God, have mercy. Have mercy upon this nation. Have mercy upon this land. I've been crying out. We don't want another Gideon moment. As far as being having to hide in a wine press to make our food and figure out how we're going to have go as Christians. Because people are saying, oh, the Christians haven't been terrorized in America yet. They haven't been persecuted. Well, they're not going to be in Jesus' name. Because there's many voices that stand in faith and believe God. And we're not going to go to sleep. We're going to stand awake and say, not by might, not by power. But God, we're invoking the Holy Ghost to come like an inferno and blow through this nation. Not, it's not about where you've been schooled. It's who you know. You get under the spout where the glory comes out. His name is Jesus. God's going to transform you. He's going he's to change your life. And, and, and God has given me a word. I tell you, I, I, keep, I keep seeing it. Lord, why can't you just hold it back for two seconds flat? Anybody won't. So i got to say it. Even though you cannot adapt to the moment we're in. All the news media say we're going, we're in recession. There's no food. I mean, Louisville, Kentucky, honey, our eggs just right now, 18 eggs were $9. So you know what I did? I said, Lord, I thank you for my eggs. I went to preach in Horse Cave, Kentucky, Saturday, and somebody walked in and handed me four dozen eggs. It still had the brown poop on it from the chickens. I didn't care. I was happy. Hallelujah. I got my eggs. I didn't have to pay no $9 for 18 eggs. God's got eggs for you. We got, I told her, but during COVID, the ravens didn't come to my house and bring me anything. Honey, they came for dessert. God had already brought it all to me. I already got it. I'm just saying, you got to look at it as it is. You know, this is, this. you know, they used to sing, I'm going everywhere tonight. We're going to go there. This land is my land, this land is your land. Well, let me tell you, this land is God's land. This land is God's land. And I've never been so excited to stand in the nation that I'm standing in right now because the Lord gave me a word this week when I came into Houston. And he told me to tell you all that even as a refinery has a wild fire that comes out of it and it's called a blow. He said, I'm getting ready to blow across this land in a move of my spirit like you've never before seen. I see a move of the Holy Ghost. I see a powerful raising up of Gideon, men and women of God that are not distributing Bibles. They're distributing the word of the Lord with signs and wonders following because we need to see the power of God in manifestation. We don't need another big church. We don't need another big name to come in. We need men and women of God that are driven by the voice of God. Like Wigglesworth when he sat at the table. He, when he sat at the table on a Sunday morning or whenever he ate, there was no newspaper. There was no TV. There was the word of God being spoken all the time, 24-7 into the very atmosphere. You speak into the atmosphere of your house, the things of heaven, and you watch the demons or have a nervous breakdown and they will run. They will run from your seed. They'll run from your kids. They'll run from your, oh, hallelujah. When the Lord appeared to Gideon, when the angel Lord appeared to Gideon, you know what he said to him? He said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Mighty warrior. 
And Gideon said, are you kidding me? Have you seen the lay of the land? And he said this, he said, but sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? I'm going to tell you why. Sin, sin, it's sin. There, lack of obedience. Not serving the Lord with all your heart. My, my, my counselor calls me every other day and tells me we're now on the 11th uh, commandment that God has proclaimed for your life. And I said, what is that? And he says, thou shalt not spend. <laughs> you know, we're always throwing things out there, you know. But I'm telling you something, where there is no good thing, much sin abounds. And our nations and our seed and our generations that we see rise up right now full of anxiety and fear and hurt and shame. They have no vision. But I am going to tell you, I have vision. If you are mighty, well, if you are a man or a woman of God and you carry the anointing, you've got an utterance in you that will set the captives free. Joshua had not even stepped into his place of literal, powerful leadership yet. God had not allowed him yet to come to that place, though he sat under Moses. He sat under teachings. He sat around the anointed. He saw the power of God in manifestation. He saw the water come out of the rock. He saw the pardon of the Red Sea. But yet at the same time, God was establishing him into a place of leadership that one day when God released him, he would set another generation free. And it's the same thing with every single one of you. You carry an anointing that God has given you. It's by the blood of the land that you've been set free. And what God can do for you, he'll do it for your seed. So, so Gideon said, where are all the wonders that our father told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us in the hand of the Midianites. If I hear another church has jumped boat. Because, oh, I can't do it. People aren't coming to church anymore. I can't meet the light bill. Well, shame on you because to begin with, if you torture people faith, if you torture people what it is to lead not to their understanding and all that ways acknowledge them and let him direct your path. You, if you lived in my world, some of you, you would never be able to do it. My best friend is so analytical, she can't do it. She's like, Robin, I don't know how you do it. She was my accountant at the beginning of my ministry. And she said, I just can't do it. Your faith thing is, I, God never, never, ever, get, never, ever doesn't he provide. But at the same time, her mind is, she has her hair cut in a certain day. She has her toes done on a certain day. I mean, everything is analytical. I'm a subtly, honey. I never know what God's going to do next. I just know as long as I show up, the Holy Ghost is going to be there. Because as long as I have a peace, how do you know that you're in the divine will of God? There's a peace that passes all understanding. Gideon had to settle into the peace of God. He had to settle into the assurance of God. He had to settle into the mindset of God. That God was getting ready to use him. But what happens is, what, what Gideon was doing was what he didn't know was he was walking into a place of faith. And as children of God now, the veil has been rent. How I many know faith needs you a reason can I walk? I live by faith. I love my life. I do. It's miraculous. I stir up my spirit man all the time. How I many know faith time travels? How I many know your faith should reach into the future because God will, by the Holy Spirit, release something into you to believe Him for. And so you take it and say, Lord, I call it in right now because by the Holy Spirit, you've spoken this to me. This is what I'm supposed to Just like Pastor Roy, when he went to get this church, by faith, he stepped out and he, he, he reached in and said, I'm taking that. God has given me that. And then God put the mantle on him in order to run the race that he's running right now. And there's others in this house. 
But you got to stir up your faith. Jesus told the disciples what was going to happen to him in regards to his death. He told his own mother, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to raise up. I'm going to raise up. Promise you, God is raising me up from the dead. I'm not going to be dead. They didn't believe it. They they wallowed in the whole thing. They became like a pile of, oh, Arabashian. Well, they didn't speak it up anyway. They got into a place. He's gone. It's over. It's finished. But that wasn't what happened. It was beginning. With, when Gideon was sent to do the work that God was given him to do, to set the children of Israel free, he, he knew at a moment of time when all of a sudden things started falling into place and he started seeing God operate through the men that God had surrounded him with. And he saw God start operating in ways that he never thought to think. All of a sudden, he saw the children of Israel, the potential that God would set them free, that he was setting them free. And I'm telling you something, I'm telling you, I am not laying down. I see the Spirit of God coming across this nation. And I see a winnowing hand of God, and I see the Spirit of the Lord coming, and He's relighting people's spirits that have lost their fire. He's stirring them up with His desires. He's breaking forth a shout in this hour that people are going to say, the Spirit of the Lord is coming, He's mighty, His power. Signs and wonders. Where God's moving, and they're going to be crying out. People that you least expect are going to come out of places of addiction, places of, of, of horrible, horrible abuse, and they're going to say, the Lord has set me free, and they're going to say, signs and wonders, God is moving. Move, oh Lord, through me. That was Joshua's hunger. Move through me, oh God. But he was always being put aside, always being put down. Nobody believed when he said, I'm telling you, there is a land of promise. There's a land of anointing. There's a land of vision. There's a land of provision. We just need to step into that place. But what happens is people purpose their eyes on things of the natural instead of our eyes on things of the spirit. You must, in order to be who God has called you to be, yield to everything God says and then have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. And then have that hunger. I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, Lord, I need you. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come, I come to thee. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry while on others thou art calling i know you'll not pass me by you've got to keep your mind on jesus the mind of god the mindset of a warrior the power of the blood of the lamb joseph was thrown into a prison he was embarrassed, he was betrayed, he was robbed of his own lineage by his family. But the Spirit of the Lord had him on an assignment that he didn't even know the fullness of yet. God was getting to bring him out of the catacombs of what the devil meant for bad. God was getting ready to shout out through his life. And what I love about Joseph's life, you know, Sandra, was all I hear about people telling me, well, I have the Joseph anointing, I don't fit in my family. That's a bunch of baloney. Because if you had the Joseph anointing, then as a Joseph anointed man or woman of God, as the Spirit of God is upon you, you'd be running after your family to bless them. You'd be running after your family to give back to them. No matter what they've done to you, you'd be forgiving them for their hurt and their shame, and you'd be saying, let me bless you. 
Isn't that the truth? It's the truth. By faith, I'm reaching in the future of something that God has told me. And I'm saying it's mine. That's what you need. Every morning, this lady here, that I don't know your whole name, Donna. I just know the power of God is on you, the anointing of God. Your mother has her vesture, but God has given you something that outstands and outshines what she has. You have your own anointing. You have your own utterance. You have your own sound. The Holy Ghost is picking you up in the sound. He's planted you in this house tonight because God is imparting things in your spirit, man, to awaken you to an understanding. You don't adapt to what you're familiar with because I have something that you're not familiar with. God will take you out of the outer limits of your mind and take you into a place where revelation is found and you'll be like, look what the Lord has done. How do you know it's a sign and wonder if you, if you conform to it? But when it becomes a suddenly, you're like, look what the Lord has done. I want more. I don't know about you, but I'm so excited what God's doing in my life. I tell you, last July, I almost died. They told me I had multiple strokes. I was like, that's wonderful. Little African-American woman. A little African-American. I'll never forget her as long as I love the sweetest lady I'd ever met, met me in a Delta lounge. Sugar, honey, darling. You're getting ready to die. But the Lord says you'll live and not die. The Lord says he's getting ready to bring your face before men. The Lord says you're going to do this. You're going to do that. I was like, hallelujah. I tell you, I followed that woman around like a dog. I wanted everything, whatever her anointing she had. I didn't care if she was cleaning the counters in the Delta lounge. I was hungry for her. Whatever she had was better than any of most of the major men and women of God I get around. She was imparting something into me that I needed. And that was vision. God is going to set your face before nations. Not because I needed accolades or anybody think I'm big. But because I needed the Holy Ghost to move through me in such a way that other people's lives. Because that's what I'm about. Touching people's lives. By the Spirit. That's what is salvation. That's what we're doing. You know, that's what we're doing. We're not here just to have a meeting. We're here to impart, to reveal, to release, to awaken, to shake, to stir your spirit. I, we can have, everybody can have a church meeting. I, people, some of the churches have become like Pablo's dogs. They're just conditioned to whatever is being told them. Sometimes we need to be reminded that one touch of the master's hand that one moment in time when everything seems over, when everything seems over, God will send someone or something to bring you into his timing of victory. And that's what Gideon was doing. He was bringing the children of Israel into the timing of victory. That's what Jesus is doing when he died at the cross. And he was trying to tell his family and the disciples, I'm going to die, but I'm coming back. You're coming into a season of great victory. It's not even a season. It's an, it's an every moment time. There is no moon to it. There are no boundaries. There's no geographical boundaries to the anointings that God is going to release through my life is what Jesus was saying to them. That will transform your life. That will change you. That will make you into the warriors that God wants you to be. That will set the captives free. That will break the darkness that has been over the nations. That is the government of oppression that's been over the hearts of people. Jesus was saying, what I'm going to release to the earth when I give my last breath, what I'm going to release to those that say, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, that out of their belly will flow rivers, not their liver, but rivers of living water. Livers, no, rivers of living water. There was an impartation that took that day the veil was rent. But it's for us to pick up the mantle. It's there. 
It's been made available for you. All you have to say is, God, that's mine. That righteous garment you've got, do you know it's not just, oh, i got a righteous garment. It's pure and white. You know, you all need to get a grip on reality. Your garment of righteousness is filled with revelation knowledge. It's filled with wisdom. It's filled with tongues and interpretation of tongues. It's filled with deliverance. Whatever you want, there's right. The nine gifts of the Spirit correlate with everything God has given you in this garment of righteousness. But you've got to covet it and say, I want it. I want it. People, I, t I can go to some of those houses right now and I can tell you probably got bookshelves and bookshelves of books. Well, let me tell you something. They're all dusty. What do you got in your spirit, man? Well, listen, when I was a little girl, we used to do elocution in South Africa. We did elocution. So you would think, you know, like, how now, brown cow? And then you would have to work your mouth. You know, you take your tongue. It was the feather duster. And your tongue would go, uh, clean out the corner. Uh -huh. and then out the, you do all this stuff. Then you, you just, you, you know, that was how, when I was a little girl with elocution. Let me tell you something. I don't know why I even said that, but I'm just telling you right now. It got you, didn't it? Got you. You got your attention. We are not living in a residue. I'm not living in a residue of the anointing. Well, I have the residue. I was in Hagen's meeting in 1904, and I have the residue of that anointing that came down that day. I don't want a residue. I want the Holy Ghost to fire. I want the fullness of God. I want his desires to wake me morning by morning. I want my, 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 my tongue, my pen to be the pen of a ready writer. I want to have the ear of disciples, the word of the Lord says. I want eyes to see and ears to hear. I want more. There's more than salvation. I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come, I come to thee. How do you get? How do you evolve? How do you move forward? How do you go into that place of, oh, it's like, my goodness, you don't even know the fullness. The Lord gave me a vision a couple weeks ago, and I was like in a place. I was quitting. I wanted to quit the whole ministry. I was done with all the who's who in the religious zoo. A spirit of oppression had come upon me. It's true. And here I, because, I mean, everything you can imagine was happening. I'm being, I'm the purest lady you meet, honey. I'm open. I don't have nothing to hide. You don't pay my light bill, God does, so I can tell it all. Isn't that the truth? When I'm hurting, I want people to know I'm hurting. I, I, I apologize. I don't have that Copeland confession of faith moment. Every now and then, the superwoman ass falls off my chest and I become an upa woman. It happens, because I'm real. You know, we're real. We have issues. I know she's tried to cast David out at least three times this week. <laughs> I'm just teasing David, just teasing. But at the same time, I got to a place where everything and everyone I loved, it was like God all of a sudden pulled me into a place and said, you know what? You're like that widow. You gotta recognize the oil you've got in your house. She went to the prophet to get an understanding of where she was going and what she was going to do. But the Lord says, the veil was in rent. You don't need to go to no man of God. You don't need to go to no prophet. You need to come to me. You need to recognize that all I've got for you is increasing. The anointing that God has on your life is multifaceted and it's increasing. But in order for it to increase, you've got to shake off the dust. You've got to shake off the words spoken of you. You've got to shake off all the voices that are around you. Because how many know there's always going to be somebody around that will help you remain crucified? Isn't that the truth? 
You know, I could tell you in my heart, I love the Lord with all my heart. You grow up in the midst of nowhere in Africa, and you have a daddy that doesn't care except Jesus. And people say, how are you going to do that? And he never, I mean, I remember people getting around him. They don't have to go out, don't ask. What do you mean you're pitching a tent in the middle of nowhere? You don't even have a tent. What do you mean? You get, well, you'll just light up the sky with a generator. You don't even have a generator. And then uh, daddy would say, Lord, you see my need. I thank you for it. A truck would drive by a generator full of the back of the truck. Somebody would send a tent out of nowhere. You have no money to pay for it. And the Lord said, dig in the dirt. You dig it in the dirt and pull up a cabbage and it's got money in it. What do you mean? And that's how I look. Because faith leads you where reason cannot walk. When God gives you the mission, God gives you the mandate, there ain't no devil in hell that's going to stop the voice of God and the mandate of God that's upon your life. God has not conditioned you to be Pablo's dog. God is conditioning you and pouring out his anointing oil upon you to be a reflection of Jesus Christ and his hope of glory. So a couple of weeks ago, I was going to tell you this minute, I had a vision, and I saw the Lord, and I said, God, because I was crying out, I said, Lord, we're, it's like the devil's trying to tell me we're in a dry and barren land. All these greats were dying. I was hearing about this man of God dying, this woman of God dying, people were dying, and, and I, was, I ran to sit at the table with some of them just because I didn't want them to die, just so I could glean a little bit more from them. Some of them I knew were the 80s and 90s. I did. I made a definite appointment just to sit down and talk to some of the men of God I know that carry that anointing. And I cried in my spirit. Lord, I don't want to lose them because they have such, such vision and they have such wisdom and they've imparted so much. And then, the Lord, then I sat at the table with one of these men of God. And you know what he was doing? He was asking me questions, deep spiritual questions. He was looking to me, just speaking to his life. And I'm like, I went to sit with him and he's gleaning from me, and I began to see, wait a minute, God's doing, he's done it in me too. I've got it. Because you see, the word of the Lord, the Lord spoke to me, and there were two things he showed me. He said, does my word return to me void? And I said, no, it doesn't, God. He said, the words that I've spoken to them will never come, I spoke about my spirit. It's not their word, it's my word. If you read books like F.F. F. Bosworth, wrote Christ the Healer, that word is empowered with healing. That book is the powerful. Francis McNutt's book on, on healing and his miracles. My dad's book, The New Wine is Better, is powerful biography of what God has done. It was so powerful when I came into the city here and, and I was doing a meeting. I'll never forget the night I was doing a meeting at somebody's house meeting. And I do a lot of churches, folks. My cousin owns the biggest church in Louisville, Kentucky. He's part of the Who's Who in the Religious Zoo. I preach for them all the time. I'm on their TV. But it doesn't mean a hill of beans. My favorite place is the house meetings because people are hungry. People show, and then they got food there, so that helps. Anyway, so uh, so here, I mean, Sandra had a blowout at her place, but she hasn't invited me back. Anyway, so Ministry of Hints is laid down. And so, to make a long story longer, it was so amazing to me. The Lord started speaking to me. He said, there's something I'm doing in this hour. And I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm releasing people, and I'm, I'm capping the cap that has held the fire down. And I said, but I said, well, what, what were you saying, God? And all of a sudden, I saw the Lord, and he was walking across the nation, and he was literally walking through fallow grounds, and he was weeping over towns and cities that had become so fallow over churches. And he lit, he took a match, and he just blew on it. And as he blew on it, it hit the ground, and it started burning up the ground. And, he, and the Lord says, as a farmer would go, and he would redo the land. I don't even know much about farming, but I just saw God just burning out the land. 
And he said, but what's coming now is a seed. The fruit that's coming up now, that which is getting ready to come forth, to sprout forth, is fresh. Fresh. Men of woman of God that say, it's not what's in my hands, it's what's in my spirit, and I'm going to run with it. Listen, for centuries we've heard, oh, what are we going to do? Every, I can tell you every season, every nation. But you know what? God's voice has never been put out. Jesus' name has never been stomped down. We stand here and we sing in his glory. Is this okay with you all? Because I'm like, whew. I feel like I've just been taken away in a minute here. So just give me a second because I've just got, ooh, Shabanda Basiana. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come, Holy Spirit, we need you. Come, sweet Spirit, we pray. Come in thy strength and thy power. Come. In thine own gentle way. We need the Holy Spirit. We need that touch of God. We need it. We don't want to go back. We want to move forward. There's something happening. Hallelujah. As fast as they can name a government official. You watch the name change. As fast as they could say this one's got it and that one's got it, you watch it change. Because God is control the government. He puts the kings in the place they're supposed to be. He puts the men and women of God where they're supposed to be in positions. I really feel like something's getting ready to happen. I was in England, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I said, within two days, the queen will be dead. Nobody even knew she was sick. Within two days, she died. I sat in Ireland at the stormit in the government building. This man, Sir Geoffrey Donaldson, came in there to thank us and thank me for what we had done throughout Ireland as far as ministry. I've been to Ireland about 15 times. Just powerful means. Sat there. And the Spirit of the Lord showed me, I put this man into the shoes, into the footprints of Daniel. I talked to this man. The man was a very, he was a politician I've had when I was younger. Growing up, I've always heard, you're going to preach to, you're going to prophesy to politicians. You're going to prophesy to kings and queens. You know, I didn't even think about those prophecies. You don't think about that stuff when you're running by the ways of God. All of a sudden, I said, sir, you don't know me. His back was to me, but I have a word from the Lord for you. And he looked, turned around. I said, I'm, a, I'm moved by the Spirit. I'm not your normal cup of tea. And God is growing in you. And he's got a voice for you. And the voice is this. The sound of heaven is this. The Lord says, I've called you to walk in the footprints of Daniel. The Lord says, you will walk and you will lead the children of the north out of, out of captivity. And you will bring a sound into this area, into this region. That man turned his chair around. He looked at me and he said, 
you don't got to believe this. He said, I base my life on two things. One is the book of Daniel and one is Chronicles. If my people will humble themselves and pray. He sat for the next hour and talked nothing but Jesus. He talked about his wife's salvation. He talked about his daughter's salvation. He talked about a daughter that wasn't saved. You see, it doesn't matter where you think they are politically. In the realms of the spirit, God has a plan that's going to bring them into his place by the spirit. That's going to show them that they're anointed. That he called them by name, even in their mother's womb. And this man was totally, he'd see turn to me and he said, anytime you all want, the government building is open. You come to the storm and you pray. You pray on the steps here. You pray wherever you want. They don't even have a real government over there right now. As far as, you know, a mayor and all that stuff. But Jesus does. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So when the wind of God is blowing in the south, I'm telling you, Lois, we're in a transition. I'm telling you, Maureen, we are in a move. I can't sit back. When Gideon got up and he recognized his worth and he took on the mindset that God had given him that he was a warrior, he was able to set free the captivity of Israel. And it was only 300 that stood with him strong. So why do we worry about what's happening here? Why do we worry about the church? Why do we worry all the time? Oh, I don't know what we're going to do. Well, if you worry, you die. If you don't worry, you still die. So why worry? You know, it's true, isn't it? Why do we worry? I'm leaving. Uh, the Lord woke me up the other night. Can I get my phone over there if you don't mind, please? She, he's getting it. The Lord woke me up the other night, and um, I had gone through an absolute horrific thing. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but the Lord woke me up and I was laying in my bed and I was crying to the Lord and I started writing. And God started giving me things in my spirit man, and I couldn't stop for days. I've been writing. I've just been writing. I wake up in the morning. So the Lord spoke to me the next day. He said, I want you to call Kim Clements, his sister-in-law. She's in South Africa. I want you to collaborate with her and she's going to put all of this into book form because she's very prophetic just like me. And I didn't want a, a ghostwriter that just knows the lingo. I wanted somebody that knows spiritual sound, that knows the voice of heaven. And so I called her and so we're leaving to go over to the end of March, the first week of April. My, my spiritual son and I, gonna, he's going with me, my, my stepson, my adopted son and his wife, they're going with me to South Africa and we're gonna go spend about seven to 10 days just collaborating and talking getting this together because this is what I've written. It's just a, a very short story and I don't want the whole thing to come up, but I'm writing the short story as the Holy Spirit leads me. I pray this touches those you need to know no matter how you feel, you aren't being heard, you are not alone. And the Lord said, speaking to me, he said, the, the nations have become literally disgruntled and they've become oppressed. It's like a spirit of beguilement came over the land and rob the people of who they were and their identity in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, we've seen a change in the body of Christ. Like I've never seen. But I'm not sitting back. I see men and women of God that are rising up. I see children of God that are standing in the gap. You know, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. So I wrote this. Now sometimes the answer, that answer you want is not always how you think it should be. And what it's going to be. But God's timing is always perfect. Have you ever felt your prayers weren't being heard? Anybody ever felt like they weren't being heard? I, or your prayers are unheard, that God has not heard you. During my travels, I've encountered people whose testimonies began with, I thought I'd just give up. I could not hear God speaking. 
The reality of being a born-again Christian is not only in the hearing, folks. It's in how you receive from God. How you receive. My idea of when I have a need is it's a done deal. It's a done deal. When I ask the Lord to do something, it's a done deal. Because by the Spirit, I'm usually asking what God wants me to ask. It's, I'm not trying to be over-religious and spiritual. A lot of things I ask, the Lord has already told me, inquire of me. Require it of me. Because you have need of it. You know? And so, I have found in my growing up in the ways and workings of the Holy Spirit that everything the Lord does supersedes my idea of how He would make a way for me. Or just answer me. I have somebody who came to me one day and said, has God taken my name out of the Lamb's Book of Life? I said, what are you talking about? She said, well, he's not talking to me. Anyway, I cannot but emphasize enough, God's at work for you. God's at work for our nation. God's at work in this hour. I cannot emphasize this enough. Don't give up. We tend to give up before the Lord has answered. Hold on. Don't let go. The Bible says all things are possible. All things. All things. Listen, when you, if you, some of you could never live like that. When I walk into a place that I know the Holy Spirit says go to this place. And there may be no meetings. And people say there's no meetings there. There's nothing there. But the Holy Spirit says go there. And the next thing I know, I get there. And then somebody meets me at the airport and says, the Lord told me that you should stay at my house. I don't even know how the person even finds me. And then I go stay at their house. And the next thing I know, I'm walking into a church that I'm not even supposed to be in. But the Holy Spirit says, I want you to go to that church just to go hear so-and-so. And I walk into the church to go hear so-and-so. And the next thing I know, the guy who's speaking, who's having the conference, looks up and says, I can't believe Robin Tom Rogers is here. And here you are in Europe, in, the, in foreign ground, never been in this church, never been in this place. And he says, I can't believe you're here. Our speaker, we couldn't get out of Africa to be a, he couldn't get a visa. Can you take the meeting? And you're not even the speaker. And the next thing you know, you're speaking. And out of your spirit, all you can hear is, Come, my beloved. Come and walk with me. You've got nothing prepared. Nothing is put pen to paper. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But your spirit man is always in that place of perpetual learning. Perpetual hearing. Perpetual. You're always in a place of metamorphosis. You're always in a place of vision. You're always in a, if you stay under the spell where the glory comes out, God is always causing you to catch a hold of things and ways and thoughts that you would never think of. Your faith is being consistently increased. And yet, next thing you know, you're up singing, come, my beloved, and you turn to somebody and tell them their whole life story. And it's like a Branham anointing. You heard about William Branham and the powerful prophetic anointing, and next thing you know, you're operating in it. And you've never operated in it. It's like your spirit man is acutely aware that this person is on this drug, this person's taking this, this person's husband's beating them, this person's name is so-and-so, and you're reading their mail, and the Spirit of God is setting them free, and they're weeping and crying, and God is giving you like a taste of things to come. Because if God gave you everything you want right now by the gifts of the Spirit that He has made available for you, you'd be like a child with an Uzi. You cannot have it all right now. You can't. You wouldn't know what to do with it. And then the next thing you know, you, you, you're turning around and here's this young man walking to you with some little white mints. And the white mints, he's bringing to give you a mint because the guy who's told you to take the meeting has called him over and he's thinking you're just having him come over to give you a mint. And he wasn't because the man who was calling him over was, Robin, pray for this young man. Pray for this young man. 
and you go to pray for that young man, and guess what? That young man hits the floor, the power of God falls on him, and he's out for over two and a half hours on the floor, weeping and crying. The glory of God is how he's having a holy visitation. And then an old man walks up to you and says, who in the world are you? And you're like, I'm Robin Tom Rogers. And he looks at you and he says, are you related to Robert Tom? And you're like, how do you know my dad? And he's like, because in 1967 and 74, I used to host your father. He used to come and preach for my son. He used to come preach for me behind here in the town hall, in that town hall behind this building. He said, this is my son's church. This is my grandson laying on the floor. This is, that's what's called divine appointments. That's what's called the impartation of God. That's what's called, the, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. It's knowing great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new delights, new praises I sing. All that I have, oh, everything I've ever desired. Ever desired, God, it's in you. All the time, your spirit man is always in a place as a, listen, the more you step in the heavens with your voice, the more you cry out Jesus, the more Bible studies you do, the more you get under the spell where the glory comes out, you're going to grow in such a place that a lot of people, not, you're going to not know what to do with what God's done because you can't contain it. When I got hit by the fire of God, I was in a meeting in Louisville, Kentucky. I was not expecting to be hit by the fire of God. If anything, I went to fix the evangelist that was there. I thought he was in a, a cult. I thought, this guy's crazy because everybody in his meeting was laying on the floor drunk as a skunk. They were laughing. They were weeping. They were crying. They were crawling under pews. It was mayhem. Total mayhem. It was at my brother's church, Word of Faith Church. I thought it was a powerful church. And all of a sudden, everybody I knew was out of control. And I walked into that meeting, and this man of God, I was minding my own business, and he called me out. He said, you come and let me pray for you. I was sitting in the second back row. I said, are you kidding me? Not me. I looked behind me to see if he was talking to somebody else. He said, I said, you. When he said that, the fire of God hit me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. The unseen hand of God picked me up out of my chair. He threw me across the room. It wasn't a demon, because demons don't feel that good. And my life was transformed. It was changed. I lay on the floor weeping just like that young boy in England. I lay there weeping, crying. I saw the heavens open. Jesus was not on the cross. There was nobody up there, but he was walking around me weeping and crying over those that were weeping and laughing over those that were laughing. And I was being delivered. And I didn't even know I needed deliverance. Because I was born again, child of God. I went to church and I, I, I was around the who's who in the zoo. But I needed deliverance. I needed a miracle. My life was a mess. My marriage was a mess. My husband and I wanted to kill each other. The only reason we didn't kill each other is because we didn't believe in murder, so we didn't kill each other. I'd cast him out, he'd cast me out. I'd tell him I anointed the house of oil, don't try and get in tonight. Oh, I knew all the cliches, honey. And then I walked into this meeting, and Jesus, my Jesus, he set me free like that. And he gave me, made me see my husband through his eyes. He made me see those that had hurt me through his eyes. And God transformed my life. But what happened shortly afterwards isn't going to make you laugh because I'm almost done here. But what's going to make you laugh is that I began to literally go through fasting. I didn't know I had fasted for seven days until the seventh day. I was on fire all the time. 
all the time I was on fire. I lived on fire. I was breathing fire. I finally went to the doctor to see, you know, I'm only 30 years old. Am I going through the change? What's wrong with me? Why am I always on fire like this? And nobody could tell me that I was fine. All my blood work was fine. So I went to my pastor. At that time, it wasn't my pastor, but I went to my brother's house. And there was my pastor, Rodney Ann Brown. He was playing Atari. He was playing Frogger on the Atari before a meeting. And I said, Rodney, something's wrong with me. It's really bad. It's, I mean, my mind had gone to the automotes of God help me. Something has gone wrong. I said, he said, what's wrong? I said, I'm on fire all the time. I said, I, I went to the doctors. They can't find anything wrong with me. I don't know what it is, but I'm always on fire. He said, Robin, that's the anointing. That's the glory. That's the kabod. I said, what do I do with it? He said, go give it away. Go lay hands on somebody. Go release it into somebody's life. Nobody spoke like that. Nobody. And I'm telling you, nobody was like, oh, you're in the realms of God. I went home and I said to my husband, God has taken me into his realms. My husband thought I was crazy. What are you talking about a realm? Nobody talked about realms. They thought you were crazy. Here I was. I'm in the realms. With Jesus. I ain't singing that song. Walk out on the water. Wait out a little bit deeper. I was like, I'm in the realm. Better than just down here in the water, you know. I'm in the realms. And my life was changed. And, and, and shortly after that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, quit your job according to the nation. And my husband was like, you can't quit your job. We're a two-income family. Have you lost your mind? And I said, but the Lord said, I don't care. He didn't tell me. And then my husband, instead of asking God, calls my brother who's a preacher and says, if, you, if I don't let her go, will God kill me? You know, that's what he did. That was my intro to 101, go into the ministry on your own without husband support against all the assemblies of God had ever taught us. You're supposed to have, be in submission, the S word. I love that S word. But when the Holy Spirit calls you and the Holy Spirit's got his hand on you, and you know, my husband became my number one fan. He was like, it's just like your daddy. It's just what God is doing in you. And he was always encouraging me right before he died. It's just Jesus, Rob. It's just Jesus. But at the beginning, he didn't encourage me. He was like, why you? Why did God do this for you? Why is he doing it? I'm the man. I should have it. I mean, I dealt with boogers, honey. You ain't seen boogers that big. I never knew what I was going to come home to. But Jesus. And then I'll never forget, my husband always had it all figured out also. When you, you, you know what, it was so funny, when I stepped out of the ministry, I was like an Annie Get Your Gun show. I still am. You never know where you're going, where you're coming from. That's me. I'm, I'm John 3, eight, driven by the wind of God, born by the Spirit. And I remember he, his mindset was, well, we're going, now we're going to map it out, and we're going to stay at a Motel 6 because they're only about $17. And I'm like, I ain't staying at Motel 6. <laughs> and he was like, yes, you are. you got to submit. I kept hearing that submit word. We got to the Motel 6 that first trip. All hell broke out. People upstairs went into a knockdown, drag out fight. They were, I mean, blood. You can ask anyone. Blood came over the, 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 the bay railing. It was crazy. My husband said, Rob, I said, well, he said, it's your fault. He says, my fault. What I do? He said, it's your anointing. You came in here. You stirred up the demons. Now they're upstairs and they're having a fight. And now we got to leave. Now we got to leave. It was like that. It was all the time. You know, I'm not just saying this. You never knew what was coming down the pipeline next. You never knew. And I was like, oh. He got his $17 back. 
And then the Lord enabled me, enabled me. I didn't want to be in the ministry. I said, God, have you seen half these people out there in the zoo? I do not want to be around them. The Lord said to me, Robert, he said, I'm going to enable you that you're going to go by my spirit. You're going to go by my wind. I'm going to make it that you can go suddenly in the middle of the night. If I call you to go suddenly somewhere, you're going to go suddenly. Next thing I know, a friend of mine asked me to pray for her to get a job. She gets a job with an airline. The next thing I know, the airlines is having a war over the marriage thing, that the married people have the same rights as single people. The next thing I know, my friend who's single and doesn't have a significant other, all of a sudden says, you want to be my significant other because I'm allowed a significant other. The next thing I know, I'm flying around the world for $100 round trip in America and about a two three hundred and international by the spirit just love gifts after love gifts and the Holy Ghost makes a way that I can fly for nothing at the spur of the moment jump a plane and then you you think it couldn't get any better the Holy Spirit tells you you know what I'm gonna bless you again you buy a Hummer because you're on a jet lag you come home from Europe and you buy a Hummer the last thing I was thinking was to buy a Hummer I've got this big old yellow submarine Hummer and everybody's like, oh, how are you going to pay for that? Don't you love those wonderful Christians of faith? How are you going to pay for that? And the next thing you know, the head of Midas walks in your meeting. I run all the Midases all over this, this part and this part. And anytime you need your oil change, anytime you need this done, you need new tires, you need this, just call me. I'll do it all. And God fixes that. That's taken care of. Then the next thing you know, God sends somebody across your path. Hey, I want, you know, you, you, you bless them. You give them a word of God and it all comes to pass. And they adopt you as a mother. The next thing you know, you're on the Marriott's friend and family. And you're on the Hilton's friends and family. And you're staying for 50 bucks for a night somewhere in the middle of nowhere. You're staying in the Queen Charles' hole. I stayed at a Regency place in Europe for like $90. And it was about a $700 night place. Just God. Just God. Favor. The favor. The favor, but you gotta have the mindset of a warrior. You gotta have the mindset. What is the mindset of a warrior? It's the mindset of Christ. Oh, he's moving by his spirit all over the world right now. He's calling men and women to God like you and I, and he's saying, Rise up, rise up, rise up. Drink from the fount that never runs dry. God will never allow your spirit man to be quenched, or I mean thirst dry if you hunger and thirst after him. Is this okay with you all? I'm telling you, I want more. And I don't know about you, but some of you have been feeling like you've got bombs that's been around you, and the Lord says, break free. Break free. I've already broken the shackles that's trying to hold you back. I've already broken those walls down. Wall, let me tell you, the worst wall that you can put upon your heart is unforgiveness. You know, unforgiveness is like mortar to the soul. And I went through something. That's why I almost quit, because I went through something. And somebody I loved dearly hurt me, and they hurt me so bad it couldn't have got any worse. But Jesus came into my darkness, and he healed my brokenness. And I, began, I had to repent because I watched Jesus bring that person that had hurt me, and he was holding them in his arms, and he said, can you forgive him? And I started weeping and crying, and that spirit of oppression just come off of me. I was like, I've been in the ministry all my life. I'm 63 years old, all my life. And all of a sudden, recently, a spirit of oppression tries to hit me, take me out. I was like, God, what in the world? And the Lord said, you got your eyes on the man, now get your eyes back on me. Turn, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace.
because there's a change coming. This little lady back here in the purple, back here, you, yeah, it's you, you, yes. I see the hand of God on your life. I see the Lord say there'll be no more misery, there'll be no more tiredness, there'll be no more weariness. I just see you lift your hand and say, yes, Lord. I see God dragged, taking off an old garment that almost became grafted to you. And God says, I'm shaking off the old and I'm putting a new on you. And you're going to delight in me, says the Lord. You're going to delight in my ways. And you're going to say, look what the Lord is doing for me and my seed and my family. We will never be the same. God says it's change time coming. I break every yoke that's come against your life and against your house. And I command it to loose you and set you free right now. You will never be the same. You will never be the same. This lady right here, the Spirit of the Lord has been speaking to me all night ever since I met you when I first come in you. And God says, you do not know what I've seeded and sown into your spirit, man, even in the womb. And the Lord says, daughter, I'm pulling it out of you now. God says, I'm rearranging the way you've walked your walk and talked your talk and even the company you've been around. For the Lord says, where they lean on you, God says, you're going to find out that the anointing I have for you is greater than anything you can even envision. And God says, I'm going to cause my spirit man to rise up out of you down to songs that you've never before sung. And you're going to say, the Lord has begun a new work in me. It's just begun. The hand of God's on your life. And this lady is so hungry for more of God. I can walk around this room right now and tell people, the Holy Ghost of fire, the Holy Ghost of fire. Listen, Pastor Tess, the Holy Ghost of fire is upon you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. The anointed of God. I see you standing behind. Uh, it's almost like I see you doing a, a Facebook thing. And I see you speaking into it. And I see you talking about the things of Jesus. And I see the hand of God coming upon you in a new way. God says, I'm even rearranging the walls of your house. Down into the paint, says the Lord. I'm rearranging things around your feet. I'm causing a new flood of river of life to come up around your feet, says the Lord. There's a new fire coming in your feet. The Lord says, I'm taking you into another current of my anointed. And you're going to say, the glory of the Lord has visited me in a new way. In the midnight hour, dreams and vision will partake, will be embedded in your spirit. And you will say, the Lord has caught me into a fresh vein of a river that I never before knew. I have tasted and seen. There's such an utterance that's going to come out of your spirit. So prophesy, says the Lord, and decree it and see what I will do through you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I just loose the fire. I just loose the fire all over this room. I break every yoke, every assignment that would come against your homes. I speak life, not death. I say that you're not beneath, you're above. I say the glory of the Lord visits you. I break any spirit of infirmity, any spirit of arthritis that would try and come to your body. I speak to that thing which is not of God. Go in Jesus' name. And I lose healing through your very fingers, through your very bones, through your very spinal column. I lose the healing balm of Gilead to flow. Hallelujah. Saturate them in your anointing. Saturate them in your presence. She's got to have more of your anointing in her life. Saturate her, O oh Lord, today as we wait on you. Sweet Spirit of the living God, who reigns with heaven's dew. That's the fire of God all over you. That's the fire of God. 
Let the rain in of your spirit flow with sweet oil, sweet oil in the garden of my soul. In the garden of her wondrous heart, she drinks from heaven's fount. Let the glory of your spirit cause her. Oh, I see you, and it's like you're mounting a horse. And the Lord says, You're not just going to canter, it's like you were galloping, and you were galloping, and things were going so fast. God says, I'm slowing things down for you right now. Lord says, it's your season of just resting in me. God says, I'm going to slow things down even in your family. Lord says, it's time to just rest in me, says the Lord. Tell him, Lord says, you've given me your best. You've cried out from your very heart. But the Lord says, now it's a time of rest. Just drink in all that I would have. So the Lord says, I'm going to bless you. Spiritually bless you. Down to the fourth grand, great-grandson. I don't know why I keep seeing a fourth great-grandson. I don't even know if you have a great-grandson. I just see the Holy Ghost. It's like he's walking around with his little bow tie little suit on. And I see the Spirit of the Lord come upon him to prophesy, to preach, to teach. Your next, you're going to see generations that come from your lineage that are going to teach of me, says the Lord. I don't know if you have any grandkids, but I just see a grandson. I tell you, I see a son. I just see this child and the hand of God's on it. You don't know what's out there. You don't know how to do it. But there's something about a kid, a, a young little boy. He's about four, between four and six years old. I don't know who this child is, but the hand of God is going to move through his life. Somehow he's a part of you. Somehow. Hallelujah. Increase. Impartation. Hallelujah, impartation. Are you still back there? Can you put on, oh, the glory by Jesus' image, if you don't mind? I tell you, the Holy Ghost, who's glad they came tonight? Before um, we go on, I, we need to take an offering. Uh, Sister, what is your name? Lorene is going to take an offering. She wanted to take an offering. She said, we're going to take an offering. So before I start really ministering to people, I'm going to let Lorene, you want to get up here and do this? Are you cold?
this shift in this place, in this position. But I'm hearing from God. I'm hearing from God, y'all. I'm hearing God speak and say that every seed that you sow there will be a return back to you. A return back to you. A return back to you. And it's not going to be a little return. There is a floodgate I hear floodgate of a harvest that is coming back to you. I don't want you to focus on the amount I hear God saying. I want you to sow what God said for you to sow. On tonight, under And the return you can never measure, says the Lord. The return you can never measure. You can never measure. No man can never measure up to it. I don't care how much they give you, how much they say they have. They can never measure up to the return that God is going to give you from the seed that you sow on tonight. Y'all, I hear from God right now. Ah, glory in the name of Jesus. God said, sow your seed, whatever that seed may be. To sow your seed, sow an offering, sow something. I hear the Lord saying, sow something tonight. Mm. It's going to open up doors for you. Y'all got some expectancy you're waiting on. <laughs> your seed is tied up to this expectancy. Mm. Glory in the name of Jesus. Glory in the name of Jesus. Glory in the name of Jesus. Mm. He said, give freely and open up freely. Mm. And sow freely. And he shall return freely. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, God. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Whatever that seed may be, whatever you want to sow, whatever God has given you to sow, let me say this. This is not about your want tonight. My God, can I, can I really speak? This is not about your want tonight. This is about the seed that is going to, oh, and trust me, there's no seed that you can give to outbeat God's giving. Let me just let you know that and set the record straight. And I don't care what, what status you're at, where you're at. There's no seed that you can give tonight to out to, to outbeat what God can give. God can give with no seed, but when he asks you to sow a seed, it's because of an expectancy, an expectancy, an expectancy. I gotta keep saying it, an expectancy that he has for you. My God, my God, if we don't put nothing in the ground, we get nothing. You can't get no tree to grow if you didn't plant a seed. Hallelujah. It works the same way. We got to plant a seed tonight. We got to give. We got to give, y'all. Hallelujah. I want you to pray about it before you get ready to sow it. And I want you to sow whatever God is saying to you. He's going to speak to you individually. And so you will sow your seed individually. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, glory. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Check out too. Is if there another way to give besides? Yes, glory in the name of Jesus. Yes, go ahead. If, if you would like to support my ministry, it's RTRWM. It's a tax deduction, or it's worldwide, or it's um, PayPal, Venmo, or I have a website, RobinTomRogers.com. That it's RTRWM, and I don't know who she wants. And there's cards if you want to do by credit cards. Just raise your hands. Jesus, Jesus, hallelujah, praise you, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I, it seemed like, now I know I live in Kentucky, but it seemed like almost like when 23 hit, it's like somebody let me out of the paddock. I felt like I'd been let out of the paddock. I was like, no holds barred. I didn't care. I didn't care what anybody thought, anybody said. I was just going with the run. Jesus. I just want more of Jesus. Nothing matters to me. I love the Lord with all my heart. And you know, people have always said, you need to write a book, you need to do this, you need to write. I'd heard it and heard it, but then I knew it. It's a difference whenever you know it. There's a difference. My somebody said one time, you don't know the resources that's around you. You don't know, you don't pull on the resources. I have a saying, if the Holy Ghost wants you to do something, the Holy Ghost gonna make it happen. There ain't no devil from hell that's gonna stop you. The devil ain't gonna stop you. You hear me, Sandra? The Holy Ghost wants it, it's happened, it's done deal. Ain't no man, no woman, nobody stops you from being who God's called you to be. You hear, you, you hear me. As much as you've sown into the ministry, it's yours. It's, it's a done deal. You start walking around your house saying, Lord, what the enemy's trying to put upon me in infirmity, I break it off of my life. I know we say it, we hear it. It's a different, listen, when you're going through it, it's a hard deal, folks. I'm telling you. I've been there, done it. I'm, every now and then I'm walking it. And I just say, devil, thus far. I've gone to people and said, will you pray for me? And instead of them praying for me, they told me the worst scenario. Oh, I remember Sister So-and-so, she had that. It's like, what happened to the faith movement? You know what I mean? It's like, where are they? Can we turn that up a little bit, just a tiny bit? Arise from your rest. And be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Tell the Lord, say, Lord, be blessed by my praise. As we glory in your embrace. This week was so divinely orchestrated, Lorraine. There have been deposits today, your ministry this morning. Tonight, I came in here to do a meeting on Sunday morning. Nobody knows. Last Saturday, I've been doing meetings all over America. 
They, they're calling me from everywhere. I go in on Saturday morning, I do these impartation meetings in every state, whoever wants me. You know, people in other cities have got to host house meetings, tell them to call me. You know, nobody's got church, tell them to call. Because I'm going by the wind, I ain't stopping. So it's last Saturday, they asked me to come to New Albany. I went to New Albany, spoke at a church there. Forty-something people showed up. I forgot that I had another appointment that afternoon at four o'clock in Horse Cave, Kentucky, which was another two hours another way. I had totally forgotten about the meeting. The woman booked me last year. She called me, she said, you coming? Oh yeah, I'll be there, hallelujah, praise God. <laughs> I drive all the way over there, two hours that way. The power of God blitzed that church. The glory of God visits that church. I had to go back and get Amber. I said, Amber, I gotta be in Houston tomorrow. We had to go figure out which flight I was taking. At the last minute, I book a flight out of Nashville, Tennessee. I drive an hour and a half, two hours to Nashville, Tennessee to get on a flight this past Sunday morning. I had to be at the airport by 5 a.m. No, by 4 a.m. The, the plane was leaving at 5.30. I got on the plane. I was like, oh, where are my eyeballs? I slept all the way here. They picked me up at the airport at 8.30. They took me to Katy. I pre preached for Carolyn Sism this past Sunday morning. Next thing I knew, Sunday night, I'm preaching in the house meeting. Tons of people showed up. Next thing I knew, somebody said, can you do one for me in Fullshire? I go to Fullshire, there's tons of people show up. Next thing I know, Laureen, can you come here Thursday night? Then the next thing I know, Bernie calls, and Pastor Bernie. I'm like, whoa, what else are you doing, God? So rise from your rest and be blessed, be blessed by my praise, Holy Ghost. Be blessed, be blessed as we glory in your embrace, God. Everything we're entering into right now, you better embrace what God is doing. Quit worrying what's in your hands, but look what's in your spirit. Catch a hold of what God is. Maureen, catch a hold of what God is going to transform your whole ministry. Even the way you've done things. Even though the way you've done things, you're going to say, the Lord has come and he's visited me in dreams and visions. And I'm putting pen to paper and God is turning things around. And God says, it's, it's turnkey time. It's turnkey time. So I keep hearing this word, turnkey. I've never ever used that word anywhere. I don't even know what it means. But it says it's turnkey time. And the Lord says, people are going to come and they're going to say, the Lord brought me here. The Lord brought me here. The Lord brought me here. And God says, I will bring them in. And even now the sweet young girl here who has been absolutely honorable and left her heart in the heartbeat of God and said, Lord, use me. You watch what God's going to do with you. Yes, you watch it. Those that are faithful, those who run the race, those who endure to the end shall be saved. Lois, you've endured. I came in here, the Holy Ghost, when I came in here, the first time I came in here, how long ago was that? Can we turn, we can turn it down a little bit if you don't mind, we can turn it down. Well, what, how long ago was that, Lois? Good Lord, it was over 25 years ago. 25 years sitting in a group home, working with group home kids. And the Spirit of the Lord says, leave your job, I've called you to the nations. I'm running the whole group home. I've got a great job, great money, and the Spirit of the Lord says, leave. And the next thing I know, a man of God calls me from Australia. He said, what are you doing? I said, the Lord just told me to quit my job and go to the nations. He laughed at me. He said, where are you preaching? I said, I don't know. I didn't know you needed a church. Didn't even know it. Next thing I know, I'm telling you, Holy Ghost, 
Holy Ghost that ain't closing you back. He says, if you can get to West Binder or L Binder or something, Elder Binder, and you can get to this town in Houston and you can go preach for Roger DeWitt, there's a meeting waiting for you. The meeting was on November the 17th. We had no money. My husband had fought with me because I quit my job that day. Within five minutes of quitting my job and resigning, they called me to come to Houston. They called me. No money, nothing. Just so happened my mother-in-law lived in Corpus Christi, Texas. And she said, oh, Glenn, I've just sent you $300 for gas so you can come to us for Thanksgiving. It was on the way. We stopped up here, had our meeting. The power of God blitzed the place. Scared the hell out of my husband and my son. They had never seen the power of God like that. I had never seen the power of God like that. And the glory fell. And out of that one meeting, nine house meetings rose. Out of that one meeting, churches started opening up everywhere. And then the Lord took me overseas. I went overseas. I've been to, to Australia, South Africa, Europe. I've gone, gone, gone. And now I'm coming back to this nation because something there is a move. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I hear the sound of... I don't hear gurgling waters. I don't hear regurgitating. This is a new thing. Behold, I do a new thing. And I'm stirring up the waters of people's spirit, man. I'm speaking to your spirit. I'm not speaking to your face. I'm not speaking to your, you. I'm speaking to your spirit, man. Put your hands in your belly and say, rise up. Oh, rise up a well within me. Stir up the anointing of God that's in your life. And say more. And I'm telling you something, God is getting removed. What we're seeing is there's a remove of generals, but there's a removing of, of, and a reproving of, of pastors that have just stood in the gap and not allowed the Spirit of God to move like it should. He's going to move them. You're going to hear more worries. Can't, can't Christmas, somebody said, can't Christmas prophesy that? What's a given? You have to move some of these places. Every church needs a good spiritual bowel movement. They do. That's, that's true, isn't it? And it's not time for you to get married yet. You're not ready yet. But God's got his hand on you. And God's doing the work in you. But God says, don't get your head full of religion. Don't get full of religion that you know is really good. Just be, be totally acutely aware of the suddenness. Lord is taking you through a season where you've been sitting at the brook Cherith and you've been waiting and the ravens have been feeding you and the ravens have been taking care of you. But the Lord says, son... When the ravens came, they didn't just bring bread. They didn't just bring meat. There was more that was brought because when the ravens came, what surrounded that prophet was revelation. What surrounded that prophet was in my presence. He knew my voice. In my presence, he had time to marinate and saturate in my anointing. God says, I've been marinating you and saturating you in the place you're in. The Lord says, I'm, 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 I'm arising in your spirit, man, right now. I'm rising up in you. You don't know the fullness. You haven't even entered your calling yet. You have not entered it. Don't think you have. Don't try and figure it out because you can't. People can teach you till you're blue in the face, but until you catch it in your spirit, man, you ain't got it. That's what it's about. I'll tell you, the next time I come here, I might just pitch a boat out there in the middle of the ocean and preach from it. That's what I want to do. I'll take a whole bunch of women on a cruise. We don't, and some men, we'll take a few of you. We'll have a Holy Ghost fire cruise going on. Who wants to go on a cruise out there in the middle of nowhere? We all remember that. Write me on Facebook and tell me who you are and send your emails and we'll do it. And Lois says, I'll go. You want to go on a cruise, Lois? Not if you have to leave what? Oh, you're going on a cruise. We're not listening to you. Your husband's amazing, by the way. I'd marry him, but I don't want another one. 
Jesus, most glorious creator of our people, rise upon us now and let your glory fill this hour. Clothe us in your glory and bathe us in your power. Oh, the glory. That's what we need, God. Of your presence, we your temple. Give you reverence, O oh, Heavenly Father. Just be blessed, Heavenly Father. You know, already I'm in my spirit, man. My spirit man has already gone there. I've already traveled there by the spirit. I haven't even left America yet. My spirit man has already gone to South Africa. I've already seen the doors that's going to open all over South Africa. I haven't even told them I'm coming yet, except for a few people. I've said, hey, I'm coming. Today I actually told one person. And I know by the spirit, God will open the doors. But I told my spiritual son, my adopted son, I said, look, when we go over there, I don't know if I'm going to be preaching. I'm a divine appointment woman. I'm just going in. I want this book done. And God will open what needs to be opened. But we're, we're not, I, I don't have to worry about whether I'm going to preach or not. Now, if you could open France and Italy for me, I just run the muck and Sweden and Switzerland. I want to do that. So let me bless you. We're going to bless you this Sunday, this Sunday, Maureen. Where am I this Sunday? I'm in, I'm in Houston. And, and if you need a touch of God tonight, if you need more of God, if you need God to do something inside of you, let me tell you, He's doing it. While we've been sitting the whole time, the angelic hosts of heaven, the Bible says there are more angels around you than you're even aware of. God is doing more through your life and for your life than you. This is this sweet lady, the lady that came from the Spanish church. When she walked up to me, I kept hearing her voice has a sound in the heavens that's like one of those swords. You know, I said the sword. I speak a little bit African every now and then. The saw, like uh, like you would go to the mill and the saw would cut the wood. God says her her saws have her her words cut open the heavens because she stands with faith and she believes God, but she underestimates her worth. And there's people in this place tonight. If you underestimate who you are, don't ever underestimate your anointing. You're a carrier of the glory. You're a carrier. And I just want to pray something because I've seen it while I was sitting here. I'm telling you, God is doing something. He's been doing it all along, but there's something. I was telling the other day, Lois, when I went to the Brownsboro Revival and I walked in the foyer of that church and something hit my legs out of The Holy Ghost came and knocked my feet out from underneath me and there was nobody. It was the current of the glory. Just, I fell flat on my face in his presence. As we glory in his embrace. You can tell, what is your name, my, my sweet lady? What's your name? Yes, Melanie. You can tell your pastor. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit. It's not by a name, but it's by the Spirit. The only name it's by is Jesus, and God will come in and he will envelop that place with the glorious touch of heaven. And it's not going to be a sporadic touch, but it's going to be a move. And the Lord says, tell him I'm moving the debris out of the way that's been in his way, that's hindered him. The Lord says, get his mind on me. Get your mind off the business. Get your mind on me. Because you're going to watch and see what I will do. God says, I bring in the finances. 
I, I am the supercalifragilisticexpialidocious star. Everybody's looking for another gambit to make a way. There ain't no gambits. When it comes to things of God, honey, is a God says, why would you limit God by one thought? Why would you limit God? Well, we're going to make money this way. We're going to, well, it's like, remember when I was a little girl, they would, at the Methodist church, you would, you would bring a little bottle and it was on, you, you put a penny, count your blessings, count them one by one, count the blessings, see what God has done. They would limit God. When I'd be like, I want to bring a penny. I want to bring more than a penny. We didn't even have quarters back then, but I, I brought more than that. So I want to bring more than that. I want more than God. When I went to take communion, the priest said to me, you can't take communion. You're not a Catholic. I said, I believe it's the blood. I believe it's the sacrament of the Holy Ghost, the power of the body of Christ. I'm taking it. You give it to me because I believe. The Bible says, as long as I believe that that's the blood, it's mine. And he would, he would stand there with this little wafer of thing, go, but, 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 but. I said, I my, as Catholic boarding school. Open my mouth. I took, I bit the, I was bitting his finger off. I'm taking my communion. Because I'm a child of God. Isn't that right, Lord? Aren't you excited? And you don't worry about your daughters. God's going to return their lives upside down. God's going to separate some things from their life. And God's going to reshake them and move them. You're going to say, the Lord has done this. I'm telling you. Your granddaughters are going to sing of the things of God. They're going to sing. There's one of them that will sing and sing and sing of the things of God. I go home and I'm dealing with stuff all the time. And I'm like, Jesus. If I told you half the stuff I've dealt with this past year, you'd be like, but Jesus. So I'm going to bless them. Unless anybody else needs prayer or anything, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. You are a mighty woman. Go, what's your name? Yes. Carol, where do you go to church yet? In this church? Well, the hand of God. You're so hungry. I mean, this church is full of faith. This is a faith church. This church is nuggets in it. I mean, I see gold laid everywhere. It's the word of God that God is embedded in your spirit, man. And the Lord says, just take it and run with it. You know? But there's change coming. I see change coming across this nation. And I'm excited about it, Lois. Excited. So I speak blessings over every single one of you. Mr. Soundman, let me know when you have your third baby. I'll come and dedicate it or something like that. You hear me, Mr. Soundman? I speak life to it. I speak that you, I don't know if you want a boy or a girl, but I call forth a boy. And I say that he will speak and he will play for the Houston Astros in Jesus' name. And that he would also touch the throne room of God with his voice and that he would prophesy and preach the gospel in Jesus' name. We call him, yes, we call him. Do you have any girls or boys? Well, we're going to have, an, we're praying another boy. We will. You can name him Robin after me. Just call, I'm telling you, hand of God's on your life. God didn't just call you to work behind that. Now listen, my husband did what you did. My husband worked television. He worked cameras. He worked media. God's got his hand on you. Okay? There's plans that God has for you to preach the gospel. I don't know if you've ever preached. God's got his plan. He's, he's called you to preach. Hand of God's on you, to prophesy, to lay hands on the sick. It's a new dimension of your ministry that God's going to take you into, okay? Because the Lord says sometimes we become late, become lactose intolerant and we, come, we, we, we just sit in the zone we're in. God says, I'm pulling you out of that zone, honey. I didn't put you in a comfort zone. I'm taking you into a radical zone. And you're going to say, look what the Lord... I see youth all around you. I see young people all around you. I see you ministry to young people. It's like a youth ministry. 
And I see the hand of God just burning fire through your hands. God's putting a new glory on you, a new fire in you. And I see change coming in your way you do things. I don't know if you've ever worked with the youth, but I see youth ministry all over you. And that's the hand of God that's on you, okay? I can't hear you because of this. And what do you want? Come here, out here. You want to hide behind the wall? All the men are hiding behind the walls. Come on, you men are so, so scared. But listen, this, you, you, the hand of God's on you, okay? I get those men out here, I'll smack them upside down. The Holy Ghost two by four. Huh? The hand of God's on you. Spirit of God. There was a young man that walked in earlier. He needs a move of God in his life. The devil's been attacking his mind. And the Lord is setting him free tonight. We speak free in Jesus' name. He doesn't have to be in this room, but I watched him when he walked in earlier. And I speak free to him. You don't know, when I'm sitting up here, my eyes watching the different ones moving around the back, and my spirit man is stirred for them. Because I see things in their life that God's saying, I want to do this in their life, and I want to do that. But they've conformed to this. They've got satisfied in that. But the Lord says, watch what I'm going to do. God is going to take Christians out of their fat comfort zones and change their life in the season we're going into. I'm done. Here we go. I'm sorry. I got crazy. Praise the Lord. Now, I know that we've gone over a little bit of time, but it's every worth the minute that the Lord wants to speak just into someone and, and, and that you would receive from the Spirit of the Lord through this prophet. And it is one of our, uh, our scripture that you'll see on our newsletter, and it says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. And that's what we've been hearing all night, all day, this morning, and every time we've come together. Now it shall spring forth, because she spoke about the river springing forth, and shall it shall you not know it? And that's I Isaiah 43. Really? This is dead, but I was she was going to use it, she said. And I know the words that she spoke to you was truth, and y'all know it. We know it. I know, of course, for you, Miss Tess, and many of you other. When I heard it, because I know y'all that this is the truth. And even this today, as we walked tonight when we walked in, Trudy is not here right now, but she came over and she says, Lauren, can I speak to you for a moment? She had a word for me and she put this key over me and she gave me the scripture of uh, uh, Matthew 16, nine, it's 19, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And she spoke this very Amen. same thing on me that I was going to have a key that the door is going to be open to us for what the Lord is going to do yes, through key. all of us together here. So I praise God for that. So Father God, we just give you praise and glory for everything that you have done tonight and all through this day. We are so grateful that you've showed up and that you minister grace, life, and love to each one. And we know that this word that has gone forth is going to accomplish what you have sent it because your word never returns void. So we bless the Lord and we ask you to bless them and keep them, lift up your account, uh, your countenance upon them and give them your peace. Thank you, Lord. And uh, be blessed as you go. Angels being before you and taking care of you as you come.